Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated, this is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 171. Welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news and products. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. And for you first-timers, we're glad to have you aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Google announces the pricing and availability for the Nexus 5X and the Nexus 6P. Are Australians getting the message about mobile recycling? And Sonos releases new software and a new multi-room speaker. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Samsung Galaxy Tab S2 tablet, the latest UE Boom 2 rugged speaker, and the all-dock charging station for all of your mobile devices. And we'll wrap it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, Google has just announced the pricing and availability for their new Nexus devices. The actual devices themselves were unveiled a few weeks ago. There are two new smartphones. The first is the 5X, which is created by LG. It's a 5.2-inch device. It's got a high-definition screen. The other device is made by Huawei, and it is the 6P. This has got a 5.7-inch Quad HD AMOLED display. Now, Google's been making Nexus phones for some time now and over the years have partnered with various manufacturers. I think LG's been involved a few times, HTC. We've seen Huawei in the mix as well. These two new devices will be available from November the 3rd. Now, being Google devices, and of course, Google is the company behind Android, these two smartphones are going to be the first ever to run the new Android 6.0 operating system, otherwise known as Marshmallow. Now, a little bit of trivia for those of you who don't, who are, who are wondering why the names, uh, where the names come from for the Android operating systems. They're all named after desserts, sweets, and things like that, and they're in alphabetical order. So you'll notice that we've already gone through, we're up to M now, so we've had Lollipop and Kit Kat and all these other things, Gingerbread, so we're going through the alphabet. So the next operating system uh, will start with N. So that, that's the next one along. That'll be operating Google 7.0. But for now, Android 6.0 is here, and it is available for the first time on the Nexus 5X and the Nexus 6P. Now, these two new devices uh, have a few, a few features in common. The first being, apart from Android 6.0, they also have each a 12.3 megapixel camera. They can both shoot 4K video. 
They also have a 5 megapixel front-facing camera. The other new feature is the connector. Now, we know on an Android device, you normally have a micro-USB connection, a micro-USB port on the device. Not so with the new Google devices, and you'll find moving forward, most Android devices are going to follow in this path. It has got a USB-C connector. Now, this was the uh, the connection that was seen on the MacBook, uh, some, recent, uh, some recent Ultrabooks as well. This is a new connector, and of course, the plug that goes into that connection is reversible, a little bit like Apple's lightning port. The lightning cable can go either way. You don't have to put it the right way up, as you do now with micro USB. USB-C doesn't, uh, doesn't have to, you don't have to worry about that. The plug just goes straight in. No, no such thing as upside down. No trying to figure out the right way up. Both devices also, too, have a new fingerprint technology aboard. It's called Nexus Imprint, and this is uh, located on the back of the of the device, so in the center of the rear panel, which is kind of a natural place where your finger tends to go, and you can unlock the device using your fingerprint, and uh, and then you're into your device rather than having to type in a passcode. Now, both of these devices, as I said, are going to be available November three. Now, pricing for the Nexus Five X will be. 659 for the 16 gig device, 739 for the 32 gig device. Telstra will be the only telco to offer the Nexus in a plan. They'll also have the carbon black and ice blue. There are three colors, the other color being quartz white. Harvey Norman will stock the carbon black models, as will JB Hi-Fi, uh, and 16 gig and 32 gig versions available there. Moving on to the Nexus 6P, this is the Huawei device. It, too, is available in different capacities, uh, 32 gig, 64 gig. It's ha- it has an aluminium construction, so slightly more expensive than, than the 5X. So the 64 gig version is 999 and that, that's available from JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. The 32 gig version is $100 cheaper at 899 and that will be available online from the Google Store. Now, Vodafone and Optus will also be offering the 6P, which is the device made by Huawei, on uh, on their plans as well. There's an $80 red plan on Vodafone, and Optus will have the 32 gig 6P for customers on uh, on the $60 a month plan as well. That is the wrap-up of the Google Nexus smartphones. Now you know when they're available and you know how much they cost. If you want to read more about those two products, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Now, hands up out there who has recycled a mobile phone. There are plenty of people who can't be bothered, that uh, don't get around to it, that don't know where to take the device. It's an interesting little thing that's been going on for the the, the, the ability to, to recycle your smartphone has been about, around about 10 years. So what they've done, the AMTA, which is the Australian Mobile Telecommunications Association, has actually uh, released a new report that looks at the history of recycling. And some interesting results came out of it. Now, the good news is that less smartphones are ending up in landfill. Uh, so that, that means dangerous chemicals, uh, less of them are being ending up in the ground. 
you know, so compared to 10 years ago, only 2% end up, sorry, 2% today end up in landfill compared to 9% 10 years ago. So we are getting the message in that area. But in Australia, and we're not the only country guilty of this, other countries around the world uh, have the same problem. The number of phones that are sitting idle in drawers, in cupboards, has doubled in the last 10 years. It's gone from 12.5 million devices to 22.5 million devices. That's almost a phone per person is sitting in a drawer. Now, a lot of people, you have excuses. Well, it's my backup. It, it, it may be fashionable again. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who think, well, I'm going to hoard all my old devices, but they're not doing anyone any good. Now, when you recycle your smartphone, it not only keeps it out of landfill, but all these things, all the material from that device is recycled. It's made into various things like fence posts and benches and various other things. So if you do recycle, you know that you're doing something good for the planet. So it's not going to end up in landfill. These dangerous chemicals won't end up in the wrong place. And it's being repurposed. These materials are being recycled and reused. So Mobile Muster, which is the the non-profit body that runs the whole recycling program, uh, having a little bit of a campaign to encourage people to get these phones out of their drawers, get them to the recycling. Now, uh, a couple of responses I had from some of my readers when I first published this story was, I've got three or four phones here. I don't know where to take them. Well, all you need to do is head over to mobilemaster.com.au, and I've put that link on my story at Tech Guide, and that can step you through the process what you need to do, where you need to go. There are some phones that are actually sold, uh, some some of the companies that have partnered with Mobile Master, and I'm talking companies like Microsoft, Motorola, Huawei, HTC, Samsung, ZTE, Alcatel OneTouch, uh, and Telcos, Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, and Virgin Mobile. They're all participants in this program. Now, it's a government-accredited recycling program, and you'll find that many of those companies, when they sell a new phone, when you open up that, that, that beautiful box and get your new device out, have a dig down further in the box, and you will find that there is an envelope to send in for recycling your old device. So... Keep it, it, you, the solution could be right under your nose. So check out the, the device, the box your new device came in. There could be a little envelope sitting in there. It's free postage. You can pop it into a post office or various other places, and that can help recycle your device. If you want to read more about that and get recycling, people, check it out, techguide.com.au. Okay, now we've all heard of the brand Sonos. They were the company who, years ago, released a speaker, but not just any old speaker. It was a wireless speaker. It was a multi-room speaker. You could send music to different rooms in your house and control them all through an app. You can play different music to different speakers in the house, same music to every speaker in the house. It was a wonder. And this was years ago. Sonos were first in the game 
to create this category. And since then, we've seen other companies joining it. And I'm talking big companies like Bose, LG, Samsung, many others that have released their own versions of these multi-room speakers. Well, Sonos, the company behind these smart room, smart home, multi-room speakers, have released some a brand new speaker, but also brand new software to support their existing range of Sonos Play speakers. The software is called TruePlay, and what it is, it is speaker tuning software. Now, many people position these speakers in various parts of the house, and now you've got your Play 1, your Play 3, Play 5. The higher the number, the bigger the speaker. And being multi-room speakers, they're placed in various positions. They don't take up much room, but they're not always placed in ideal positions with perfect acoustics. And while they sound great, they can sound better if they are tuned properly. People are saying, well, how? I've got a speaker already. I've got a Sonos speaker. It's sitting on my bookshelf. It's sitting on my desk, sitting on my bedside table, various places around your home. And how do you tune that to sound even better? Well, Sonos has released this new software called TruePlay. At the moment, it's only available on iOS, so on your iPhone or iPad. And what you do is you load TruePlay. It's actually an update to the existing app. And what it does, it generates, so it links to the speaker, and the speaker generates a sound. So what in the tuning process, the speaker emits these sounds. And what the user does with the TruePlay app is walk around the room moving it up and down and it responds using the your iPhone or iPad's microphone. So the speaker is playing these noises, the microphone is picking up the various sound qualities of the room and with that information it is actually tuning the speaker to suit the environment. And we've all got different ones as I said they're on bookshelves, they're on desks, they're everywhere and this software can help tune it to suit its position in your home and its location. It might be on a bookshelf, might be against a wall. And the software, and I did hear, I have heard this real, did see a live demonstration or hear a live demonstration, and the difference was remarkable. It really improved the sound quality coming out of that speaker after it had taken the room dimensions and qualities and furniture into account. That was remarkable, and the good thing about that is that it's 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 backwards compatible to any Sonos speaker in the range. So if you're you have a five year old Sonos speaker, you can install TruePlay on your iPhone or iPad and tune that speaker to make it sound better than it ever has before. Incredible stuff. But moving on to their new product, and it's the new Play Five. Now this is their largest speaker. It's had a, a total redesign. It's it looks different. It even sounds different, and by different, I mean better. What it is, it's it's got some onboard smarts as well. So as you've, we've seen with other Sonos speakers, they can be positioned in various ways. You can have it on its side. You can have it on its left edge or on its right edge, however you like. And Sonos Play 5 will know using its onboard accelerometer, it can tell which way the speaker is sitting and automatically adjust the audio output to suit. What's even better is the fact that you can actually combine the speakers and form a left and right pair. 
so that the speakers can play in unison and have that left and right separation so you're getting an even better stereo sound. The, even the touch controls know which way is up no matter how you place it. So the uppermost control, there are touch controls on the side or the top of the device depending on how it's placed and it will respond depending on its position. So the uppermost button will mean volume up no matter which way it's placed. Really, really, uh, really nicely done. Really intelligent, really intuitive. They are the Sonos Play 5. They're priced at $749. I will have a review of them in the coming weeks. They're not released for probably another month to six weeks. I'm looking forward to listening to those, and uh, you'll see the review on Tech Guide. Or you can also read right now on Tech Guide the review or the story about TruePlay, the software, and you can check out pictures of that excellent Play 5 speaker. You're listening to Tech Guide. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just released the new Nighthawk X4S AC2600 Wi-Fi modem router. It's VDSL, ADSL, and it's perfect for connected Aussie homes. Netgear's latest addition to the Nighthawk family is a high-performance device specifically built for streaming, gaming, and connected homes with lots of devices. The Nighthawk X4S, or otherwise known as the D7800, will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 2,600 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connection. VDSL connections are being used in the NBN rollout, so you know you're future-proofing your home with this device. It's the first modem router on the market to support the latest Wave 2 Wi-Fi technology with quad stream on both bands and multi-user MIMO capability. That's multiple in, multiple out capability. This means maximizing connection speeds for faster streaming, gaming, and less buffering. So if your household loves streaming Netflix, online gaming, and has multiple devices, check out the new Nighthawk X4S Wi-Fi modem router from Netgear. Search D7800 at netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Our first review for episode 171 that you're listening to right now is the Samsung Galaxy Tab S2 tablet. Now, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the world's thinnest tablet. Yes, it's only 5.6 millimeters thick. Incredible. Available in two sizes, 8-inch or 9.7-inch display. For our review purposes at Tech Guide, we did uh, we took a look at the 9.7-inch display. Speaking of displays, it's a beauty. It's the Super AMOLED display, which is really sharp, really bright, and really makes things pop. Whatever's on the screen, whether it's your websites, whether it's even text, videos, pictures, they look brilliant. Now, despite it only being so thin, now, and you can only really appreciate how thin this device is when you get it in your hands. It is super thin, 5.6 millimeters, yet it still has room on the side for a micro SD card slot and a SIM card slot, 
which is pretty impressive. Now, the 8-inch eight the eight inch version is 272 grams. The 9.7-inch is a very light 392 grams. Uh, the the version we had, as I mentioned, was the 9.7-inch 4G version of the Galaxy S2. Now, it's got a metal edge finish, so the thinner side bezel. So it doesn't have uh, – it looks a lot like, as I mentioned in my review, a lot like the iPad Air 2. So thinner bezels down the sides of the screen, thicker around the top and bottom. The bottom, of course, has that home, home button. Uh, and that screen, though, really, you can't take your eyes off it. Super AMOLED. It's got a resolution of 20, 2054 by 1534 with 320 PPI. That's pixels per inch. Can display more than 16 million colors. Of course, it's running Android. But all this beauty, all this thin design and looks, it's also backed up with power as well. It has an octa-core processor. And that's made up of two quad-core processors, a 1.9 and a 1.3 gigahertz. On board is 32 gig of internal memory, and you do have that micro SD card slot, don't forget, so you can expand it. But there's also a generous 3 gig of RAM. So with these sort of specs, this can be a workhorse as much as it is a show pony. So on board, you'll also find preloaded Microsoft applications like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote, along with, and what that comes with too, 100 gig of storage on the OneDrive cloud service. That's Microsoft's cloud service. Pretty good value right there. Now, on the multitasking, you can split the screen. I know Samsung tablets have been able to do that for a while, but you really appreciate it with a device as powerful as this. It also has screen mirroring, which is handy if you want to display your content on a larger screen, uh, either through the screen mirroring mirroring application or Wi-Fi Direct. We were able to, and you can see this on the review, replicate our Tab S2 screen on our uh, to our smart TV uh, in our home as well. Camera-wise, 8-megapixel camera. Uh, look, nothing special, not your go-to camera, but can take some not-bad photographs if you need to. It's not going to be better than your smartphone in your pocket. Uh, it does have a fingerprint reader as well. It's uh, based in the home button. Not the best fingerprint reader on the market, but a great way to lock up the device and keep it secure so that no one can hack into it. You can only use your fingerprint to unlock it. Now... On the downside, battery-wise, this doesn't stand up to the iPad Air 2 or the Xperia Z4. Reason for this, I think, is that it's it's the victim of its own design. Being thin and being light is great, but what that means is it's got less room for a battery. Now, when Samsung decided we're going to make the world's thinnest tablet they had to make some compromises, and one of them was the battery. Now, the battery is not bad. At last, we are testing about seven and a half to, to maybe eight hours, if you like, if you're not doing much video viewing or uh, if you're not connected to too many networks. But that is still behind the iPad Air 2, which can easily run to 10 hours. The Xperia Z4, again, 10, even 11 hours on that device. Uh, pretty impressive. That is probably the only downside of this device. Another thing I was curious about, too, was the fact that this doesn't have the S Pen. Now, we know on other Samsung devices, the S Pen allows you to write on the screen. And with such a gorgeous screen, it seemed a pity that you couldn't use an S Pen to draw and sketch on that really, really brilliant screen. Now, 
The other tablet in the Samsung range is the, is the Galaxy Tab A, which is kind of more an entry-level device. It has the S Pen uh, and has an inferior screen, but the Tab S2 doesn't. Now, I can understand the S Pen might not even fit in the, in the Tab S2 because it's so thin, but surely it may have been made available as an accessory, so it doesn't have to actually go in the device. I thought it was an option, considering we're going to see the iPad Pro and Apple Pencil. So uh, uh, Apple have decided to make a high-res tablet that you can write on, draw on. Uh, I thought Samsung would have beaten them to the punch with this device. Not so, but still, uh, this is still a very impressive device. It looks as good as, as it performs, and a great device, whether you're working or playing, it's a great device to have by your side. The Galaxy Tab S2 starts at $599 for the 9.7-inch and $499 for for the 8-inch and, of course, more for the 4G versions. If you want to read our full review and see all that pricing, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, we love ourselves a good Bluetooth speaker. There are so many to choose from, so we are seeing a lot more of them nowadays. But UE Boom is one rugged speaker that we quite like. UE is short for Ultimate Ears. That's the audio division, high-end audio division of Logitech. Logitech bought UE a few years ago and released a couple of years ago a speaker by the name of the UE Boom. It was a tubular speaker. A rugged speaker that could handle the knocks and handle the dirt and was water resistant, was 18 centimetres tall and could stream music from your mobile devices via Bluetooth and play them to uh, and radiate the music from all around, from 360 degrees. No matter where you're sitting near this device, the sound sounds just as good anywhere you're sitting. Well, that was two years ago, and they've uh, just released the new version, the updated version, the UE Boom 2, and it has improved in a few areas. First of all, it is made from more durable material. The fabric over the speakers uh, it has, is even more tightly knit. It can handle it, it can handle dirt and water. It's all, it's repellent to all those uh, things. And it's also now completely waterproof. Uh, before, the previous version was water-resistant. This one is waterproof, so this can go underwater to up to a depth of a meter for up to 30 minutes. It's got an IPX7 rating, so that's waterproof. It's also shockproof. You can drop it from a height of 1.5 meters and still be going strong. But... Just in time for summer, having a waterproof device like this. So if you've been down by the pool, not, you can not only listen, as I said in my review, not only listen by the pool, you can also listen in the pool. And if you decide to take it down the beach, it can handle the sand as well. Remember I said it was dirt-proof, dust-proof, shock-proof. It can handle a little bit of beach sand. So uh, the UE Boom 2 on the audio side has also improved. Now there is a new redesigned driver under the hood. And... I could tell the audio improvement straight away. It had slightly better clarity, a lot better bass as well. Top volume is also 25% higher, so you can really crank this thing, and you'll be amazed the size of the sound coming from this relatively small device. Another really cool feature is the app. 
You can download the UE Boom app and then access things like equalizer settings. You can use it as an alarm. You can even pair another UE Boom so you can double up. It's not quite a left and right pair, but you can have two speakers pumping out the same sound so you get better volume. And if you want to spread them out in a room, it can really power your next party. There is a new app they've released also called Block Party. Now, this allows users, say you invite your friends over, everyone can log in, everyone can be paired to the device and take turns playing their own song. So everyone takes a turn at being the DJ at your next party. Really fun, a great app called Block Party, and that's all part of the package. That's a free download when you've got your UE Boom 2. On the downside here, the UE Boom 2 is actually $50 more expensive than the previous model released two years ago. That, again, may have something to do with the American dollar and the Aussie dollar falling uh, so far in the last year or so. But we have heard better speakers, but they were more expensive speakers. So you're getting pretty decent bang for your buck here. Rugged speaker, very impressive audio quality, and you can take that audio anywhere you go thanks to that rugged construction. If you want to read more about the review, you can view it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Our last review of the show is from a company called AllDock. Now, they've been making these docking stations that can handle all your mobile devices. Uh, the first version could handle uh, up to, I think, six devices, uh, whether it's smartphones, tablets. Perfect for a family who has to charge all their devices. Rather than fighting over one PowerPoint, you can have the all dock near the PowerPoint, have one cable connecting to the PowerPoint, and then the device allows up to six the mobile devices to be charged. So uh, the, the mum and dad can have their phones in there. You can have a tablet in there, a couple of other phones. Everyone's getting charged. Everyone is happy. Well, AllDock has just released the new version, the 2015 version, actually released it through Kickstarter. So it's a Kickstarter campaign. I have put the link for that campaign on my story on Tech Guide, so be sure to check that out. But the new 2015 unit, again, uh, boasting really uh, nice, precise uh, design and construction made out of uh, bamboo or walnut wood, so you can really see the quality of the devices, uh, of the product. And it adds other uh, charging options to the mix. And in this case, it can add the Apple Watch charging station as well. So there is a, a little mount that actually sits on the edge of the old dock. So you can drape your phone over it using your, your Apple Watch charging cable that can sit inside the mount. And then uh, the, the cable then goes inside the device into the USB charger. Inside is a charger with four docks. The medium has four. The large has six. We were looking, I think the Kickstarter campaign is just for the medium dock for the 2015 model. So there are four ports. So you can charge up to four devices. So you can charge your watch, you can charge a phone, a couple of tablets, or you may charge a, a fitness device, an activity tracker, uh, a camera. It's all up to you. But it is a stylish design. It is really handy solution for no more fights over the PowerPoint, no more ugly messes of cables near the PowerPoint either. The all-dock box really makes everything neat and tidy. 
really a really handy solution. Now, if anyone's interested, they can head over to the Kickstarter campaign. I've put the link up on Tech Guide. So pricing is in euros because this is a German company we're talking about. Customers can pledge. The bottom is 119 euros. That'll secure you either a bamboo or walnut all dock. They're expected to ship in December, and you can tell them that it's coming to Australia, and they'll make sure they give you the right plugs for our region. Uh, if you want to take a look at the existing All Docs uh, without the Apple Watch mount, you can check them out at, at the website. They start at 129 for the small version, which has four charges, 149 for the medium, which has four charges as well, or 179 for the large charger that has six charging ports, and either available in bamboo or white or also in the plain black or white colors as well. All the pricing, all the pictures, and all the information you need is at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is also sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Now, parents, you need to ask yourself, do you know what your kids are up to on the internet? You'll be surprised many don't. Well, a recent survey backed that up. A recent survey by Norton showed that almost three quarters of Australian parents have no idea what their children are getting up to online. Are you one of these parents? Well, helping your kids grow up in this digital age we live in now of social media, online stranger danger, sexting and cyberbullying, it adds a whole new challenge to parenting. Norton wants to help give you the tools you need to open up that conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do and what they see online so you can help them to, to develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family absolutely free, you need to visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, now on the Tech Guide Help Desk, I had an interesting interesting email from Debbie, De- uh, my reader named Debbie, I won't say her surname. But she had an interesting question, and this isn't the first time I've heard this. Now, her problem was that they, she had a 64-gig uh, USB. Uh, it was a dual USB, so uh, could had a USB on one side, a micro USB on the other. So it was uh, uh, to transfer content from a computer to a Samsung mobile device. Now, what had happened is when they loaded the device on the USB and then tried to transfer it on the Samsung they couldn't find the files. So when it was connected to the Samsung device, they couldn't see the files. They, were, they weren't there. Even though they knew they were on there, they could not see the files. Uh, they couldn't locate them. They thought as, as if they had disappeared. Now, what can cause this? Well, there's a few things that may cause this. One is, would you believe, not safely removing your USB. Do you know when you when you pull that USB out of the computer without safely ejecting it and you get that little warning to say, oh, it was ejected incorrectly, this can affect the files? Well, doing that can actually corrupt that USB drive. So if you just yank it out of your computer or whatever it's connected to, that could actually corrupt the file structure on the USB. So it pays to be patient to eject that USB from the port. Another thing could be that it was formatted uh, differently. 
So there, there is a way to format your USB, these various there's FAT structures and all these other various structures. And what could happen is that you, you format it in one way and then try to read it on another device that doesn't recognize that format structure and then you might, it won't recognize the files as if there's nothing there. That could be a cause of that as well. Another solution would be the fact that the files may be hidden. Now, in Windows, you can actually look up and uh, remove the hidden and system flags from the file. So you can, in, in other words, show hidden files, and they could pop up. So there are three things that, to do, that I've suggested could be the cause of this. So next time you're copying, be sure to eject properly. Make sure it's formatted correctly as well, and check to see that basically just to show hidden files, and they may pop up. That is hopefully an answer to your question, Debbie. If anyone has any other questions, feel free to send them to us at info at techguide.com.au or you can tweet me at Stephen Fennick and that's Stephen spelt with a PH. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. Special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe on the internet. Thanks for listening. Been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week for Episode 172. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.